We are in conversation with Dr. Publan Naidu, who is uh, really somebody who's very, very interested in research around diabetes. As we know, this is Diabetes Month, Awareness Month, and uh, we've heard this before. I mean, the kind of um, literature that's out there is something that you and I know. So when we speak of diabetes, one asks the question, what's different? But there is something that's different. We've got new stats out. And uh, Dr. Naidu, thanks for, for coming to the show. Thanks very much for being with us. Hey, Pamela, no, thank, thank you very much uh, for, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And so, I mean, I was gobsmacked when, when <laughs> I heard of the stats. And uh, the stats are worrying. Mm. What are the stats? Yeah, no, no, the stats are certainly worrying. So let me tell you what the stats are. So the International Diabetes Federation announced that, uh, well, these are age-adjusted numbers, but approximately 12% of South African adults have diabetes. Right, and this has sort of more than doubled uh, from the from the last sort of two years that we announced uh, the previous numbers. So, more or less, more than four million South Africans have diabetes mellitus. Is it because we are screening more, or is it because more of us have diabetes? I think it's a bit of both, right? So, let's start with the positive. So, I certainly think we are screening more patients, and we're finding more diabetes as well, which is fantastic for the healthcare system to actually identify these individuals who previously would not have been identified. So, we wouldn't even know that we had a problem. Mm. But I think in addition, I think urbanization, the rapid urbanization over the last few years is definitely adding, uh, you know, to the to the prevalence of the number of pe- people uh, with diabetes. Mm. I mean, I'm curious about the, the actual data and I don't know how much they've honed in on the data itself, where it's more prevalent, what kind of communities are, are getting more diabetes. So where there's massive increases coming from. Um, so that we can dispel some myths. I think some of us have ideas about who has diabetes, but I think we could be proved wrong. No, absolutely. I think traditionally we think, you know, the the, the indi- individuals of Indian descent mm. are more likely to have diabetes. But I promise you, I've spent many, uh, many years in the public health care system treating all different races, etc. Mm. And uh, the epidemic, uh, you know, sees no color. Seasonal class. So whether you're rich, poor, white, black, it doesn't matter. All of us actually, uh, you know, at risk of diabetes and we certainly are uh, getting diabetes. So in terms of them actually going to the details to say, look, which which race or which culture, which class has more diabetes, etc. We don't really have that granularity of information. But from my anecdotal experience over many years, I can tell you that it's it's certainly moved to all realms of society. Which then, I suppose, then explains the fact that we are now becoming more global as as a community, obviously, and then we're becoming more similar than we are different. There are things that are of a concern. So obviously, I'm assuming also because you said we don't have granular detail, that there is more prevalence of the type 2 diabetes. Yeah, no, dead on, right? So type 2 diabetes, you're looking at about 90% of the population with this specific type of diabetes, right? Far, by far the commonest type. There's lots of types, but yes. type 2 is the commonest. The second commonest type is type 1 diabetes. You're looking mm-hmm. at about 10% of the, the population of diabetic patients with uh, this condition. Which then obviously explains the fact that it, it's more lifestyle than it is, uh, you know, genetic. Yeah, absolutely right. So there is certainly a genetic component, yes. right? But uh, lifestyle is a big influencer of uh, the condition presenting, especially with uh, type 2 diabetes. I mean, to what extent are we able to speak in one voice and, and have similar concerns with stakeholders, varying stakeholders, uh, food producers and, and everybody understanding that this is 
this is a crisis in the sense that an ill society is not going to be a society that's going to help us with economic growth. We talk about economic growth, but if we're all sick all the time, it's not going to take us very far. No, absolutely. We we certainly need to address this. I mean, if you look at diabetes, currently it's the second biggest cause of death in South Africa, sure. right, with TB as being number one. But also very worrying is that uh, females, are the biggest cause of death in females is actually diabetes at the moment. You know, so this condition is killing our sisters, our mothers, etc. You know, uh, and uh, you know the scary thing is that it's affecting individuals that are sort of at the prime of their lives. You know, individuals that are contributing to the economy, and individuals that we need. You know, because the the, uh, the South African sort of structure has spent lots of money investing in these individuals, training them, getting them into the right positions, and now boom, you have a complication from, from diabetes or you pass away. You know, so that is certainly costing uh, the economy millions. Billions of rands, actually. So, yeah. so, so, so then the question is, as I said earlier, to what extent are stakeholders coming to the fore? So we all know, for instance, that that uh, that scene at the corner of a construction site where there's a coke and uh, a liter of, of white bread. Uh, I beg your pardon, a, a loaf of white bread and a two liter of coke being the the staple. Yes. You know, because yes. the guys, for them, this is what's going to give them quick results, quick wins shoot of energy but that's that's the problem isn't it yeah that's certainly one of the problems eh? uh, I think uh, junk food is uh, easily accessible and you're right you know we need to actually get all the stakeholders together to say you know guys we actually have a problem we need to sit together and see, you know see how we can actually overcome this problem you know and this is where you need you know a multidisciplinary approach mm. so not just uh, the Department of Health yep. not just Treasury but also the food industry the medical association and of course you know patient groups as well well, in fact, the guy that owns a construction company should be concerned about the guys that are working on site having that kind of a diet. I mean, yeah. surely it should affect um, the, the, the way the business is run. Yeah, Pamela, I agree with you. You know, I think uh, as South Africans, we all need to take ownership here eh? and say to ourselves, look, how can we be part of the solution? You know, how can we reduce the prevalence of diabetes, prevent it ideally, right? And how can we actually manage patients with diabetes? And you're right, it's about the environment changing as well. As much as you want individuals to, to drive their own health, they need help. You know, the environment needs to be conducive. And this is where you need you need this massive team yeah. and you need all South Africans to actually uh, play a role in this. So let's, let's just, you know, you said we don't have granular stats so let's let's dip into what we have now the, the people that are listening at the moment and just give a, a little bit of an exercise and ask out there how accessible and how when I say accessible I mean in terms of cost and in terms of reachability is healthy food for you whether you're in the workplace whether you're at home how practical is it as much as you may want to be healthy are you finding it difficult to number one, afford healthy food, and number two, reach healthy food. I'll take those calls on 0891-104-207. With Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So I am taking those calls, 0891-104-207. Really simple question. We speak about diabetes a lot, and we keep hearing the same old, same old thing. I really want us to be practical. How accessible is healthy food for you? Practically, and it's not only you, your children. And I think of kids going to school where there is a tuck shop and stuff. I it is very hard for children to get healthy food at a tuck shop. I'm not sure why school governing bodies are not making it easier. Instead of you know chips, maybe fruit, 
I, I really need to understand it more. So let me hear from you, 0891-104-207. Timol, you're calling us from Lenasia. Good afternoon, Timol. Good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, good afternoon, Dr. Naidu. Good afternoon. Uh, very nice topic. Doc, I, uh, I am a medical practitioner. Yes. I used to work in Baraguan, just 40 years back. Mm. And, uh, and from that time, when the standard of living of the black people in the country was much lower than the whites, today, because of more disposable income in hand, the, suddenly there is a spike in diabetes and in the black population. And the basic reason is that, as you say, junk food is easily accessible to, them, to, to, to most people now. When you're hungry, you walk into one of the franchises, you buy yourself a burger, you buy yourself a pizza. And every day I sit and I counsel my patients on this. That I say, look, there's nothing wrong with home food, but please be careful what you eat outside. And the most important thing is junk food causes obesity and that causes a metabolic disorders. So, Doc, what I, what, please, I want you to do as a favor. If you could just set out a protocol, wherever it's a hospital doctor, whether it's a private practitioner, if you could start distributing through the health department a protocol on what a patient is, has to do as soon as he's diagnosed with diabetes. Something like a pamphlet to say, look, this is what you can eat, this is what you can't eat. It would really help a lot. Thanks, Doc. I'll listen on air. Thanks, Timol. So here's the reality, right? So we want a working society and the the working class are spending hours on the road. So they are at work. They're also on the road. An average South African is more on the road at at work than they are at home. So the idea that you can sit and cook it's not true for many South Africans. It's, it's, you know, people get home at about eight o'clock. People are leaving home at about five o'clock in the morning. And, and the most, the reality is that, you know, if on your way, you can grab yourself a packet of slap chips. It's convenient. It's cheaper. You have groups of South Africans who electricity is a luxury and water. So preparing the food. So there are multiple issues. And I keep hearing the very simplistic, yes, disposable income. People are buying junk food because people are not trying to be healthy. I think it's far more complicated than that. Right. No, no, I think that's a that's a valid point. eh? Um, There's lots of challenges out there to actually eating a healthy diet. And uh, if you look at every single corner, you know, there's. You know, all these sort of junk foods that are easily accessible, extremely cheap as well. And, you know, let's let's admit it. It's extremely convenient. It's you know? very convenient. <laughs> if, 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 and, and, and here's the reality. If if what I can get is our fat cakes in the morning. Right. And that's what's accessible. That's what's cheap. The idea of walking, if I'm living in an informal settlement and you keep so, talking to me about go having a brisk walk, safety is an issue. So there are multiple reasons why it's becoming more and more difficult. No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, going, um, looking back at the initial part of this conversation, I think we as South Africans need to take ownership, uh, not just uh, medical doctors and patients, but also employees as well. You know, if you have a typical South African, uh, you know, uh, working an eight, nine, ten hour day, there needs to be breaks where they're actually given the opportunity to, uh, you know, do mild forms of exercise. You know, this should be inculcated uh, into society. And in terms of the diet, I think it's really complicated to to get uh, foods, especially if you 
pressurized for time and money. But again, this is where you need, you know, the society to come together. Mm. And uh, even if you can't cook it, mm. uh, perhaps there's a family member or friend that can assist you. And you can use some of your income to pay these individuals, mm. you know, uh, because maybe they're unemployed, they've got time, etc., etc., and they can make this healthy meal for you. But I think the gist is, you know, we have to look for solutions because you're right. There's lots of challenges out there and lots of problems problems as well. So, so how come the food industry is not coming to the party? So food technologists are able to make, you know, chicken that lasts for goodness knows how long, <laughs> right? That is pre-cooked and it is ready and tastes yummy by all accounts, but is full of all sorts of things that you don't want me to eat. Why is food technology advancing to more, more accessible food, more convenient food and healthier foods? Look, I think the the pressure is certainly on the food industry. So they need to adapt or, or, or else they're going to be in trouble, right? Because I think more and more departments of health and governments, etc., are going to actually have legislation at some point to actually restrict, mm. you know, the sales of junk food, etc. So I, I certainly think the food industry is busy working in terms of research and development to ensure that there are healthy options because this is going to be a key sort of strategy for them to actually be relevant uh, in years to come. Yeah. I mean, I think as an example, I mean, look at, you know, Coca-Cola mm. from where they've come to where they are now. You know, they are healthier options, I could say, mm. you know, certainly composed, uh, well, compared to what they started with. Mm. So I think uh, the food industry is going to need to adapt and they're in the process of doing that. Is there room for perhaps a conversation around subsidizing healthier food? In other words, I've, I've noted, for instance, if I want to buy a healthier drink, right, um, the cost compared to the unhealthier drink far outweighs the other the other one. So the cost of, um, uh, let me say, juice for argument's sake, as opposed to the fizzy cool drink is far more expensive than the fizzy cool drink. Should there be an incentive by government to these to these providers to say, please, it's a chicken and the egg thing, unless we start with a bit of an incentive so that we can get the numbers there going to allow for that for that trickling in of numbers so that we can bring the cost down. Should we be having that conversation? Yeah, I think certainly eh? it's all about finding solutions. And if we can have the right incentives, you know, to get people to follow a healthy lifestyle, uh, then why not? Eh? I think we should entertain all these these great ideas to see which ones actually work for South Africans. Yeah. So let's have the conversations with the different stakeholders so we can actually improve the health of, uh, you know, the, the average South African. You need to tell me whether you believe that big industry is ready to take responsibility. Well, look, I think um, it makes business sense for them to actually take responsibility, you know, whether they're ready to or not, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But certainly uh, for them to be relevant um, uh, in the near future, they certainly have to take responsibility and they need to be part of the solution because it's not sustainable if you're getting all your customers to get these non these uh, non communicable diseases and to have complications. I mean, you know, essentially you're sort of killing off your customers. You know, That's so nice. yeah. Doc, I'm giving you 30 seconds for your last words, your parting shots. We are all listening. We are all afraid of of this disease. What what is the one thing that you think we need to walk away with? Look, I think uh, diabetes is a uh, team sport when it comes to management. Mm. So an educated patient that knows about diabetes is critical for success. 
In addition, another arm is your medical team. So you need to get professional advice from your doctors, nurses, etc. And thirdly, another very important pillar is your support structure, right? So your family, your friends, uh, they need to be educated about diabetes so they can support you uh, throughout your uh, your journey. So that's my key uh, takeaway message uh, to the listeners. Really wonderful having you on the show this afternoon talking diabetes, Dr. Publan Naidu, who's a pharmacist and really somebody who looks at research around diabetes.